So I'm here and I'm starting a new podcast. Um, mainly this is going to be just for talking about things on my mind or how I look at things or things I enjoy or don't enjoy. Basically, it's going to be just like an in-depth look at stuff. Uh, today, I do have my first guest all the way from El Paso. I met him on the open mic scene. Very funny. Very, very funny. Uh, no one can deny that. Um, but we did have something in common uh, that I I honestly have never brought up with anybody else. It's almost like my very like buried, dark secret. Um, he had a wrestling joke, which I think is really funny and I was like oh man he's not doing like kind of a quick one-liner he went in depth on this shit he knows about it uh, I followed him on Instagram he has more st- he had more stuff in his stories and I was like oh damn another wrestling fan which I've just kind of gotten back into it but I have uh, Armando Ortiz uh, sometimes it goes by Mondo but I want to bring him on the show and just talk about this with him not man. much, man. Not much. Uh, when I, I really wanted to talk about this, I was like, man, I know the guy who I can speak with on this. I, he knows a lot more than me, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I do have to ask right away. So in 2020, uh, as two young men, do we still go out in the world and say that we're wrestling fans? Or is there a different title now? Oh, dude, I don't even, I, I, it's like the case of, um, I, it was, uh, I, I recently started dating somebody, uh-huh. and that was, like, the hardest part, was, like, when do I tell her that I'm a wrestling fan? <laughs> like, that was the point where I'm, like, we are committed, so let me, like, no back, no turn back to now. Hey, there's this thing that I like, and I think the one thing that, like, it's when you say you're a wrestling fan, it's like the only entertainment thing uh-huh. where you have to immediately tell somebody like, "And yes, I know it's fake. Like, don't worry, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like one of those people yeah. from like the '80s." <laughs> I was like, "Hi, my name is Mondo. I'm a wrestling fan. And yes, I know what it's. I know it's scripted." See, that's the thing. Or I've also like thought about that because I remember. Um, a few years back, like, watching TV, flipping through channels, I would see, like, Monday Night Raw again, and I would kind of, like, you know, like, even with my, just with my, my, my mom and brother, I would just, like, skip past it where I'm, like, wrestling, like, that's, that's still a thing, I don't like, that's, that's how far off I fell from it, and I was, like, huh, I would kind of, like, you know, I would use it as a show to go back to when the show I was watching was on commercials, and then eventually it was kind of, like, well, I'm not going back to the other show, but for me, um, what really got me back into it is I'm a, I'm a huge fan of reality TV. Uh, big time. Like, I love loving hip-hop. I love 90 Day Fiance. Like, all of these shows that, you know, they're not scripted in some, in some ways, some way they are. But for me, it was like I was going on YouTube. And sometimes YouTube would show, like, what culture, WWE. And they would be like, here's the top ten of this era and this wrestler and this this and i would like and i love list so i would watch him and get caught back into it and i'm like damn you know they, they're making this sound interesting and they're also calling out you know the weird stuff where i'm like i'm that guy so i, I was watching more reviews of wwe than actual wwe or wrestling 
that's where I was in my life for a while. So you you basically you pulled the reverse internet thing where we go from like watching it weekly, like every day. Like that's what I would do as a kid, and I would mm. watch it like every show, every week. Like I I basically had my weekday schedule, and then one day it hit where I'm like, oh shit, I have responsibilities, and I I can't spend all my time watching wrestling. So let me just watch the reviews or read the reviews. Exactly. And that's, that's a, that's what I did. I just started reading reviews one day. I'm like, is it worth watching? And that's honestly how I became like a deeper fan. Oh yeah, exactly. That, that's how I felt. I was, I would, um, I would watch. Like, where, where did you start? Like, what, what was, what show were you? Were you a Raw guy, a SmackDown guy? Where did you begin? Uh, so this is gonna sound weird, but my first like memory of watching wrestling was like some random uh, WCW match. Like, I remember my first like, wrestling match that I ever saw on TV, Kevin Nash was in it. Mm. Like, that's all I remember. But what I really started watching was, like, the Raw, like, was Raw, and I don't think we had the channel that had SmackDown. We might have, I'm not sure, because it wasn't always on basic cable. Right. Or, or, yeah. But, like, uh, I'm, I started, like, right after what they consider the Attitude Era, like at WrestleMania 17, mm-hmm. was considered like the last big pay-per-view of the Attitude Era. I was like really into it like right after that. See, I think I just hit the perfect age. Yeah, see, that's where I, I remember, I think mine was kind of the opposite. I think I was more of like a SmackDown guy. Uh, that's when I would go to my, like my grandma's house that had all the channels, and I would see SmackDown, and I was like, like, I remember, okay, so I remember when I f- first started being a fan, it was SmackDown, um, but I had, I was like a fan of Eddie Guerrero and like Rey Mysterio, like the smaller guys, and that's where they were always at, they were always on SmackDown, like you never, at my age, they were always on SmackDown, so I was like, this is the better show, like, I don't know why anybody watches any other thing else, so that's where I started at, and... Oh, dude, same, like I was, uh, it was... We, get, we started getting SmackDown right around that era because mm-hmm. I was super into Guerrero because El Paso. Exactly. And, and like, that was like, okay, this is my show then. Like, who gives a damn about, like, I don't even remember who was on Raw, like, during that time period. <laughs> to yeah. Be with you. Exactly. And I remember, um, that was like, I remember John Cena was still on SmackDown for the longest time. Like, they had all the stars. So I was like, why is anybody watching the other one? Uh, I remember I remember going to a Blockbuster and renting uh, Judgment Day 2005 with John Cena versus JBL. Like, that's how, like, I was much of a fan as a kid to go to a Blockbuster, of all things. I miss those. But I remember just seeing it, and I was like, God, man, I was like, some of this stuff is just crazy back then. Compared to what they have now, it's just a totally different ballgame. Oh, dude. Like, I, I would do the exact same thing. I would go to the rental store, but for WCW VHSs, but it's, it was so weird because this was way after that company was dead. Oh. So it was <laughs> yeah, they just, they kept them on the shelf. It was like WWE's move. Like, you know where, you know where your VHS would belong? Not in stores, on, in the, in the Hollywood video, not even Blockbuster. You belong in Hollywood video. <laughs> Damn. I just remember, uh, like I was a fan, but even as a, like a, it got kind of 
I was watching SmackDown for like a long time, and uh, I remember I was uh, I knew of Eddie Guerrero. Man, he was he was a star all around. But I remember I was a fan of like Booker T because he was like, yeah, I'm from Houston, Texas, and I can do this cool spin move. And I'm like, God damn, that's the coolest thing to ever do. Like, I ain't never seen nobody just pop that shit out of nowhere. I'm like, God, man, like. Just some of the coolest things you can see. I think it got. Uh, I think when I started to ex- like look outside of the company was kind of like when Eddie and Chris Benoit passed, and you know all those stories came out, and I was like, oh, like some of this shit's dark. Like even as a kid, I was like, I uh, I didn't know people would like people from wrestling would just die, and then second of all, like you know murder their kids. I was like holy shit, man, like, this is some real-life stuff going on now. Oh, dude, no, I, I, I understand that. I was, like, totally engrossed. Uh, when Eddie Guerrero died, this is, this is how Mexican I am. When Eddie Guerrero died, we lit a candle. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a little kid, and that was my favorite wrestler. Like, I think we cut out the picture from, like, the, the program that I got. Mm-hmm. From like a live, like a house show, yeah. And we put it next to the candle and lit it. And then when Chris Benoit died, I was like, I think I was like mentally prepared, like, all right, like I'm really sad, but he's not the guy from El Paso, so I'm not that sad. <laughs> and, then, and the news came out, and I was just like, that was my like I turned into the mom watching like the Casey Anthony stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, oh look, look what they have to say today about this like horrific case. Like, I was, and I think I was, like, 11. I was, like, a child. I was a child <laughs> just watching my stories, even though it was, like, the most horrific thing that could happen. I remember just seeing the news break and that coming out, and I was like, holy shit. And you just kind of stay quiet because you're like, uh, I was cheering this fool for, like, being in people's face back on the ground. And he goes and does this. I'm like, yeah, what a twist. I was like, holy shit. And then they were like, oh, we're going to remove him from everything. It's like the people that say, like, you know, like that's still watching, like, you know what, I can move, not move, the people that can move, try to move past it. Uh-huh. But they say, it's like, you know, I respect the wrestler separately from the match. But when you, whenever you watch, like, whenever a Chris Benoit match pops up, all commentary ever talks about is, like, look at the psychotic glare of his stone-cold killer, Chris Benoit. Yeah. Like, that was his one gimmick where he was a, a monster, basically. And his other gimmick was, like, look at this happy family man fighting for his family. <laughs> so, it just, like, I don't see how you can look past it when watching his matches. Like, he's a good wrestler, but also, everything he does just reminds you that he's the worst man, possibly one of the worst men in wrestling. It's that's how bad wrestling can be. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Cause I remember I was, I was watching uh, something on the WWE Network, and they brought up Randy Orton, and they were like, "He became the world's youngest heavyweight champion." And you see him give Chris Benoit RKO, but they don't show Chris. They show like his pants that I can clearly tell are from back in that era. And I'm just like, it was, it was like a three second clip RKO champion. I'm like, so we're not gonna talk about who he beat to be champion. No one's gonna bring that up here. Okay, just like we're not cool. gonna talk about the insane, like the <laughs> like steroid coverage and concussion coverage that happened right after that. 
Exactly. Oh, man, it's such a twist to see, but I don't know. For me, it was kind of like I, I watched WWE for a while. Um, like like you, I've, I've been to like two house shows. I saw Eddie Guerrero twice. That, he brought the low rider. That was so amazing. Um, but I do remember this is around the time where I started venturing out to other programs. And I became, I would say, a pretty a pretty good fan, a pretty big fan of TNA. I don't know if you ever watched that at any time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I, when I say I'm a wrestling fan, I watch, like, everything. Like, anything I can get my hands on. So what do you think happened with TNA? Overall, like, other than we know, like, the money issues and stuff, what do you think just went wrong for them overall? Uh, uh, I think it's basically what everyone's, it's like management was always just, like, no two people had the same idea mm. of what, they, what where they wanted the company to go, and they were just, I think, like, when you have enough people at the top uh, desperately trying to be competition, it, it it doesn't always make for the best show. Right. Like when you have Vince Russo running your writing for like Oh, long I was going to bring that up exactly. <laughs> like you put enough people at the top where it's just like they're just throwing the wackiest shit at the wall to try to be the big company and when they have like when it was pretty obvious what was the thing that people were kind of going for? Like, they wanted the alternative. They didn't totally want mm. the wacky shit. Yeah, I'm, mm. I just remember it was, like, the opposite, where at one point, WWE had the stars, and SmackDown had, like, you know, good stories, in a way, good writing. And you could, you know, be a fan of most of this stuff. Um, that I think I remember seeing, like, Ray versus Eddie for, like, Custody of Dominic. I think that was, like, one of the storylines, even as a kid, where I was like, who does that shit? Like, you couldn't think of anything else to put up for these two guys. So I was like, I think I'll look around. And that's when I came upon TNA. Like you said, TNA was like, some of the, like, I think for them it was like some bad writing all around. But they had like characters. Like, they had like Shark Boy. Like, some guy like that was called curry man or something like that where it was like these guys add like a break or they bring something to the table that you're not going to find in wwe anymore especially at that you know, at this time where he was Look, just man, I, I will not hear any curry man and shark boy slander <laughs> all right <laughs> no man no man. they had gimmicks where i was like where you could just be a fan you know where you're like even as a kid, you're not like, that's a grown man biting someone else's butt. You're just like, oh, this is happening in a match. This ring has six sides. You're just like, what's going on? So you're like, oh, I got to watch and find out and, you know, try to make sense of this. I remember just like seeing people come in from WWE and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I've never seen anybody from this company in this company. What's going on? Oh man, I remember, I, I, I distinctly remember the video they put out uh, when Kurt Angle just signed up. Mm, the yes. It's real, it's damn real video. And I was like, I think I was already a teenager at this point. Uh, probably too old to be as excited as I was. But I was like, <laughs> I, I think bouncing in my seat, like, oh shit, it's Kurt Angle. And he's just gonna 
like thinking about like Samoa Joe and like all the people he could wrestle. Yes, dude. That that's why I was such a big fan of it too. Where I was like, man, they have like super talented people. The storylines aren't the best, but I was like, they put on like some of the best matches that I've seen. And I was when they started bringing like you know some of like the well performers like you said Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. I was like. Man, like, these guys are just so dope. But I was, like, I thought, like, more people would know about TNA. But, like, as I did more research, I was, like, yeah, these are kind of just, like, the backup to WWE. And then they started bringing in Hulk Hogan and all these people. And I was, like, I don't even recognize the show anymore. I was, like, who are these people? Oh, I remember. I remember when that news was, like, breaking and, um, what was it? I, I fully was like, at this point we have like cable where you can record everything. Mm. So I was just running like, oh, I, I, okay, I have to record WDB to see how they respond. But I have to watch TNA Live to support, even though we're not a fucking Nielsen, Nielsen house. <laughs> we didn't matter to the ratings. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I have to watch this live. I have to support it. Exactly. I, don't I have to support, I, I, support the war. I watched it and I was like, like, like you said, it was best just as you're doing your own thing. I remember they had, like, the X division, like, where they would climb up or the, uh, they would climb up on the X of the big old, like, ropes and stuff. And I was like, I've never seen WWE do anything like this. This is totally, like, game-changing. And then, like, after we started bringing in people from WWE, I was like, all of this is gone. I was like, what happened to, like, the creativity? Some of it was not very done well at all. It was bad, but I was like... We used to do creative stuff. We used to change it up. Samoa Joe became like like an assassin when he had his face painted. I thought they would bring that to WWE, but they haven't. I was hoping, I hope they do, but I was like, man, the characters and stuff are just like so much better than they get credit for on this show. I think the funniest thing about that era of Samoa Joe is like he looked badass with like the face paint. But then he, like, was also wearing, like, the pajamas because he was, mm-hmm. I think, like, his laziest and gaining weight. Uh, like, well, I forget what was, like, it was, like, pajama gear, I think. Uh-huh. So it was just, like, he's still, but he's still a badass because I think that's when they switched his theme song to, like, a full-on, like, rap song. <laughs> Even though, like, that era was, like, I think it was a white guy rapping, but it was still, like, you know, this feels... You can just hear it in wrestling themes when a white guy is rapping. Uh-huh. I think that was the time period. So that's why I think when like AJ Styles, they switched his theme song to like a hip hop song, and it was it didn't sound like the the white guy with like a southern accent rapping. I was like, oh, oh damn, TNA is trying. They're really trying with these songs. <laughs> Man, it was. I remember when I wasn't watching wrestling though. Like if I would take times. Uh, if I would just disappear, like, like I said, I, I disappeared from WWE, but I still, pl- I was still a big fan of the video games from back then. Like the, like I had the Nintendo 64 games. Those were great. Like those are some classics in my eyes, but I remember like the SmackDown versus Raw when those games came out. Those were a game changer for me on PlayStation 2. Oh man, I, I completely feel you. I'm pretty sure... Like, even though, um, I have those games, I still will pop out the disc and play those games, but I'm pretty sure those games are the reason why I don't have, like, what's considered a good 
taste in music. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the random new metal and stuff from back then, I'm like, those songs were fun. I still love those songs because you would hear them, like especially if you created a character, those songs would play like on a loop. Exactly. I was, <laughs> I was the kid that would go to websites and like try to find like the formula to make like TNA wrestlers. Uh, or wrestlers that oh man, yeah. <laughs> and as you were putting in the formula and putting in all this stuff, you would just hear like the theme song, like or whatever song was playing over and over again. But those games, I think, are the reason why I got into like indie wrestling and all that kind of stuff. Because I would go to those forums and I would find like, oh, who's this wrestler? Oh, where do they wrestle? And that's why I find like indie companies like Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. That's how I find wrestlers like CM Punk and like stuff like that. Like, oh, what? This guy wrestled Raven? Because that was my guy as a kid for some reason. Or just like <laughs> all the Hispanic. I love all the Hispanic wrestlers. And then like all the really like goth wrestlers. Like those were my thing. <laughs> I think when it when it came to those, man, you know, going looking up the formulas. God, that takes me back. Young Jordan is afraid to admit he was doing that too, <laughs> but I was, I was playing those games. Like you said, the the music in those games. Like I'm not even, I'm like I, I don't really even like venture out that far in music. But I remember those soundtracks were so damn perfect for those games. Like you don't have to know what the song is, what the lyrics are. Like you just hear it that song begin, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm in for a good time while I'm playing this game. Like. Whoever put that music together did an amazing job. Um, I only I miss the old games though compared to the latest one, especially Two K Twenty and the, the some of the earlier ones. I miss it because what you wouldn't have a road to WrestleMania mode. It was more like season mode, where you kind of just play a story out with one of your favorite wrestlers and you can make a decision here and there. I always enjoyed that a lot more compared to like. You have to, you, like, even in, like, old WWE to, to now is more of, like, huh, this could happen. You never know. And, like, now it's, like, we're going to tell you what you want. And I'm, like, ah, okay, you're right. Like, you're going to tell me what I want. And I'll go complain oh, about yeah. it on the Internet. Oh, yeah, no. Those old games were, uh, every time you, like, walk into a wrestler, I'm pretty sure it was the same animation. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but it's like, holy, holy crap. Uh, William Regal wants to challenge me to a European title match. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I played the hell out of those games, dude. Like, those were... I, when I wasn't watching wrestling, I was based, I was playing the wrestling games. Like, that was my childhood. Was I can... The hearing the freaking... Uh, the Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson like a million times like going through the shut your mouth screen yeah oh that's dude that game right now online I was trying to uh, I was like cause I, I, I bought the the original Smackdown versus Raw recently and I was like man where is that classic where is that gem of a game where can I get it and I was looking at it online and they were selling it for about $88 if not more and I was like you know most people look at this and be like I, I wouldn't pay that much for a game, and I didn't buy it, but in my heart, I was like, $100, and you know that game is, like, so much fun, but, like, as an adult, you're like, dude, that's a lot of money to put down for a game. <laughs> Just so you can 
replay the storyline with Tajiri and Tori Wilson. Uh, that's I, that's the storyline I remember from that game. That was always the first story. Was uh, Tajiri is a jealous boyfriend. Oh, uh, right, right. See, that's what I I'm saying. The, I don't remember. Hmm? That's that's the best games. Best games. I hate that. That's what I remember. I don't remember actual events from my childhood. I remember storylines from the WWE games. <laughs> I just remember in like shut your mouth and here comes the pain. They were so animated, just like you could do some of the craziest things, and it was just fun all around. And like, um, I know it's it, it might this might be more embarrassing to say, but I did buy two K twenty. I didn't I didn't pay full price. I got a discount. I bought a discounted version, and I I I was looking at the characters and I was like you know what people are complaining and I, I even knew it this, before this was before the point they were getting refunds for the games when they bought it online and I was like maybe the game isn't that bad and I saw some of the characters and I was like why do you all look the same like why does why does Becky Lynch look scared to be in this game at this time I was like god this is bad None of the women look good. Like none of like uh, none of the models look good in that game. Like specifically the women. Like I, there were years where the women actually had good models, mm. and then out of nowhere, it was a year where they had a woman on the cover. Was just like, uh, do we have to make them look like themselves? Yeah, I, uh, I was looking. I was like, I was like, I if you, I, I could tell like there was no one. Like there was no one being like. Let's make them, you know, look like themselves. It's like, no, we have a base model. It's fine. No one's going to notice. No one will see the difference. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was playing this new one, and I think the, the career mode was really nice. It was different in a way for me from what I've seen. Um, but, again, I was playing the game, and I was like, one, it's so stiff. Two, it's broken as hell. It, it's just overall bad. But I was playing it, and I was like, you know, part of me is, like, having fun, but part of me is also, like, I feel like I'm so limited in anything that I can do, creative, the matches. I was like, what happened just, like, being, like, I remember, like, for SmackDown versus Raw when they added, like, the backstage mode or, like, the outside the uh, the arena. I was like, oh, this is crazy. This is, this is the craziest thing you could add to a wrestling game. And I'm just like, 2K20 doesn't even have most of the matches. So you have to download characters. They want you to buy the fiend. I was like, man, I'm 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 not enjoying what happened here. Well, I uh, did you ever play Just Bring It? I I believe so. Yes, I believe so. Because that was the one where you could actually like fight to the point where it took you not just outside of the arena, but you could fight in front of like WWF New York. And it was like the streets. Was there a helicopter? Yes. Yes, I I remember that game. Man, that's what I'm saying. I love those older games where it's just like, like if you're a fan of wrestling, you just, you're, you're always thinking like, man, what if this happened? What if that happened? Those games had it, and like they had so much like re you could replay it all day, and there was always like something new or a, a different storyline you can do. But these new games and where it's going, I'm just like, all right, I'll just do whatever you want. Don't worry about me having fun. Yeah, man. What happened in the days was like just bring it, where you could actually you could have a match between 
Fred Durst and Jerry Lynn <laughs> in WWF New York, and it was all in-game models. <laughs> you didn't have to make it yourself. God, man, it was those were the times. Did you ever play the TNA game for Xbox? Uh, yeah, I was the kid that that uh, that wasted his money on that. I had friends tell me not to get it. Uh, not even because they like, uh, not even because they heard it was bad or anything. Just because they weren't wrestling fans, and I'm like, eh, you mm-hmm. guys are just, you guys being, you guys just being dicks. And then yeah. I bought it, and I'm like, damn it, this is the first time they were right. <laughs> it was it was it was so repetitive but the one thing i do give them credit for is just the reactions to like being punched or you know going high risk when you hit your opponent i was like man like wdb doesn't have like the reactions or like the body motions like that yet that was the one thing where i was like that's a lot better than what i've seen with wwe games it's just too bad that there's like four moves that you can do. Oh, I know, dude. <laughs> and, it, like, it's only fun if you're playing as an exhibition wrestler because mm-hmm. they can actually do, the like, another move so they can jump off the ropes. Yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid, I, I got the game, and I was so hyped because, like, I'm a big fan. The game, I'm like, for me, I was like, oh, this, this is, like, not the best. Like you said, the same moves. But I was like, man... The matches are different. The reactions are different. I like this. So I remember I was excited to play story mode. And I was like, wow, on YouTube it looks so cool. I'm going to play it. As soon as I fucking start story mode, er, error. And it just, it would not get me past the to the first match. And I was like looking up online. I was like, what do I do? What's going on? Is it da 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 da? And like. Everyone was just like, yeah, there's issues with the story mode. And I was like, I, okay, I'll just take this L. I, I was like, oh, oh man. man, this is just like, this, I, I, years later, I YouTube the story mode, and I, I don't think I really missed out on a lot. But I remember just being like, wow, there's only two things to do on this game, story mode and, like, the X Division, uh, uh, that one, I can't remember what the match name is. But yeah, uh, Ultimate X. Yeah, Ultimate X is like those are like the two main things to do on here. And I was like, story mode doesn't work. And Ultimate X, I was like, there's only so many times you can kick your opponent off the ropes. Dude, you missed out. You didn't get to you didn't get to make suicide come alive. Oh <laughs> yeah. And and fight in Mexico. I think that's the plot, right? They yeah, like, he, he gets beat up. Get yeah. And you team up with Eric Young. <laughs> yeah, just... Oh, man. that I think, um, honestly, TNA was the first pay-per-view thing I've ever paid for to watch. And I remember it was, like, $30, and I gave the money to my mom to order it. And it, it was an Ultimate X match with Suicide and uh, the Motor, Motor City Machine Guns, that tag team. That match was amazing, by the way. But I remember watching it, and I was like, uh, we're just cheering for someone, like, the wrestler name is Suicide. And I was like, they don't really put a story, they didn't put a story with him at all. So I was just like, the guy just wears a onesie and, like, is a badass wrestler. And that's the great thing about it. You're just like, damn, I'm just a fan. But as an adult, you're like, we're going to come up with another name other than Suicide. I just, I... I... From you mentioned, I just realized what has been like the connecting thing in your wrestling life throughout, <laughs> throughout, or at least 
through TNA so far has just been mass wrestlers played by Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Curry <laughs> like, men, suicides. Man. And not even Havoc. You were, suicide, you were a fan of suicide. <laughs> I was just like, he's got a cool finisher and he had a cool end to the match, but I was like, man, he's got a, a crazy-ass name. And I remember, uh, I do remember uh, something with TNA... Uh, no, with other than TNA, I know I seen YouTube videos where like be- before they became stars, they were in TNA, like you said, CM Punk and such. Do you remember when WWE tried to bring back ECW for a time there? Oh yeah, I was. That was I was one of the people. Uh, that's actually like WWE is how I learned about like really learned about ECW. Mm-hmm. Was because uh, they dropped that Rise and Fall of ECW DVD, the one that inspired One Night Stand. Right. At least the first one. I bought that and I was like, holy crap, this is, I'm a teenager now. This is exactly what I, this is exactly what I'm into. <laughs> a bunch of wrestlers in jean shorts just beating each other up with, with chairs. Like, I love this. But no, <laughs> um, so I didn't, I, I was all in on the first One Night Stand. Uh, I, I don't think I bought it, but I immediately bought. I would I would be the kid that would always buy the DVD after it came out. Mm. Um, so when the so I was definitely watching, especially when the second one I send happened. Once again, had to be a DVD kid because I was so excited to see Rey Mysterio versus Sabu. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched. It, I actually watched the return of ECW Live. Like I made a whole day of it. Like I was so like excited even though I wasn't watching ECW the first time around. I'm like, oh, I'm ready for this. I understand the spirit of ECW. I'm 13. Like, I know. <laughs> this is made for me. And then the zombie appeared, and I'm like, okay. This might not be as much for me. Oh. But I think, yeah, you remember the zombie? <laughs> I remember just seeing a lot on there that even as a kid, I was confused. We were just like, I, I think I like this, but then you're like, some parts you're like, I really like that, but then the next thing they do is like, what the hell is going on in this show anymore? I'm I'm, I'm just lost at this time. I'm, I remember um, before ECW, I do have to admit, I'm, there was like a, I don't know if, if you're uh, you're aware of uh, the Insane Clown Posse, but... I'm very aware of the Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> they released some video games for Backyard Wrestling. And I didn't know who Insane Clown Posse was, but they've released two great video games called Backyard Wrestling, where you're just random characters fighting in, like, trailer parks and random, like, areas. And those games were great. I played those. Uh, Calling them great might be a bit much, but I had a shit ton of fun to play. Yeah, I was just... Oh, man. You know what the best part of, the, the craziest part for me as I became a bigger wrestling nerd was finding out, like, how much of the roster of those games are real indie wrestlers? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like, the main one was, like, Sick Nick Mondo. That dude's, like, a legend in, like, death matches. It was all, like, deathmatch wrestlers. And, mm. um... Okay. I, I just remember I, playing, and I was like, I wonder who all these people are. Like, I, like... Shaggy 2 Dope and all that, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm, I know of these guys, but those You're other guys. With the clown? 
I wasn't down with the clown. I remember just being like, these guys made some great games, and they have some like those games where like not only just like beat 'em up games, but they had a story. And I was like, all around, this is just good entertainment. And I was like, man, having these games are like the games you just hide. Like most 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 kids are like. I'm going to hide Grand Theft Auto from my parents because my uncle bought it for me. Me, I was like, I'm going to hide backyard wrestling from my friends because this is just, like, my, like, secret pleasure of, like, what the fuck are you playing, Jordan? I don't know, but it just makes sense to me. It's still real to me, damn it. You hid the backyard wrestling in the back and you put the Death Jam Bandetta out for them to see. You're going to get some <laughs> Oh, man. But I, I remember from ECW, right, when it came back, and I was like, oh, like, I was excited. I was like, oh, three shows, three days of wrestling. This is going to be great. Like, I can't wait to see what they have. And they had, like, Rob Van Dam and, like, Sabu. And I was like, I knew of Sabu a little bit. And I was like, dope. Like, it's cool to see these people. I remember seeing seeing, seeing, seeing Punk for the first time. And I was like, man, that guy's pretty good. I was like, he doesn't really get a lot of help in this show where they don't really push him. They kind of just brought Bobby Lashley in to, like, destroy shit for a while. So I was like, all right, it is what it is. But I remember I was a kid, and I was watching one of the early episodes, and they were doing, like, a promo shoot. I don't know what was the context or what was going on because they had, like, two of their female wrestlers do a promo where they were just, like, topless with only cards on their nipples. And I was like, holy shit, like wrestling just went out the door what is going on like there was no reason to even have this like i appreciate it but i was like we just had a match and we're trying to tell the story but then we just go to the back where we're just not wearing clothes i was like is this ecw is this what they just do and then when you later on watch old old ecw you realize huh that is what they do uh yeah, no, I, I think I know that was like Kelly Kelly's whole gimmick is that she was uh, uh, an exhibitionist. But her she had her, her boyfriend, Mike Knox. I remember yeah. Mike Knox. Yeah. Oh, my God, <laughs> like, um, dude. <laughs> I want you to realize something. Like, I, every time you say, like, a, a, something that you might remember from wrestling, I sit here like, please don't let this be something I remember. Like, please don't let my brain <laughs> be that broken. Where any any wrestler that he brings up, I can just name them already. So with ECW though, I remember it was weird, and I can't remember how exactly it ended. I know it just kind of got phased out. I phased out and went to TNA after seeing it. Um, but I remember they had Matt Stryker, and he uh, yeah, was like some kind of teacher. yeah, the wrestling teacher, and I was kind of like. This is so not ECW from what I've seen on YouTube. So I was like, that's weird. They had Big Daddy V back. And I was like, all right, I guess this this guy fits ECW. He looks extreme. And then that's when the, I think, did the Boogeyman premiere on ECW? No, he was, uh, he started on SmackDown. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was right around the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He bit off to Jillian Hall's mole. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. Wrestling's bad. <laughs> I love wrestling. I love wrestling. I think I, 
I think as far as like entertainment goes, like wrestling is the thing that I've been like following the longest in my life. Like mm. uh, where you kind of had moments where you like dipped off, I really never did. I think now with the pandemic is like the most I've dipped off of just watching wrestling like all the time. Mm. But like even even when like I wasn't super on board with what WWE was doing or even what TNA was doing, I became that person that was like, oh, there's a company called Ring of Honor. Like, oh, let me check that out. That was after CM Punk and Samoa Joe and like all these people came from. Oh, I bet it's awesome. Like that's where I learned about like Daniel Bryan originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this other company called Chikara, uh, mm. where like a, a lot of more of the people that are getting bigger now that's where they were from. Mm. Um, basically, this is my way of saying that I'm just a giant nerd and <laughs> didn't have other hobbies. See, don't, don't, don't you think it's weird? Like, now, WWE will say, like, oh, this guy. Well, they'll, like, say in their commentary, <clears throat> AJ Styles has been around the world. He's wrestled, you know, all around. Where they won't exactly say a name of Ring of Honor or other um, companies. But they'll admit, hey, we didn't. This guy isn't homegrown with us. We hired him to be here. So, when I started seeing TNA and, the, and that kind of war there, I was like, huh, all right. And I know recently, AEW they got on TNT. Uh, Chris Jericho went there. Love seeing Chris Jericho. But. For me, I, w- I tried watching AEW a little bit. They, the few times I did go to the gym, one guy would just put it on, which that guy's a hero because he would put wrestling on inside of a gym. And uh, I would watch it, and I was just kind of like, this is, again, different. But I was like, there's so many companies now that like, I, I've heard of or kind of like try to kind of keep an eye on. But I was like, it's just different, like, accepting like hey there's other companies other than wwe being from a kid where it's like this is the only show this is the only one that exists no one else does this oh yeah even even i think when i saw like the clips of wcw as a kid i in my head wasn't like this is a company i'm like oh that's wrestling mm-hmm. so when like i watched um uh, my first like raw or smackdown I think Raw, I just had the, like, oh, okay, this is just more wrestling. Like, I'm just going to watch this then. I know when this is on, so I'm just going to watch this show. Man, I remember going so far out for wrestling. uh, I remember, like, I would pass by, like, uh, so my grandma, she would always watch, like, Telemundo or, like, a Spanish channels here and there. And they had, like, they were, like, like, I remember the title of the channel or the show was, like, just Lucha Libre or something like that. Something else afterwards, and I don't even speak Spanish or know that much, but I remember just watching these guys in masks, don't know what the commentary is saying, they sound like they're having a great time, like, it's exciting, where I'm just like, oh, these guys are just like flying out of the ring, they're just doing all these crazy moves, I don't know what they're saying, but I'm having a good time just watching, like, I was like, man, like, you don't have to know their names or what's going on, you can just have fun and appreciate what they're doing for a show. Oh, yeah. And you know what I think also made, because uh, I, I think I would end pop up on the same exact channel as you. <laughs> like, the rest made, like, Mexico doesn't give a shit about copyright. 
So like <laughs> wrestlers would just come out to like whatever song, cause, and that's how you remember who a wrestler was. Like I remember this this wrestler named Electroshock because he would come out to Ramstein. Like, like I'm like, hey, I recognize that song. I know who this is. <laughs> like, and then later on you find out that like every same like. Every luchador uses like the same four songs. Right. Like whatever CD they had in the back, this is like, oh, <laughs> we have we have a Lincoln Park CD, we have a Metallica CD, and we have uh, just a Vanchero CD. Pick your themes. <laughs> but I do have to ask: Is so Ring of Honor is that independent? That's just the independent scene, right? Uh, yeah, they used to. They, they used to be, I think, a lot more independent, but now I think, I don't know if they're owned by, I think they're owned by, like, Sinclair Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're still, like, uh, pretty independent. They were they were, they were the indie for, like, the longest time. Right. Uh, and that's that's where guys like um, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, uh, Seth Rollins, um... One of my personal favorites, when he used to be able to wrestle, Michael McGinnis. Now he's a commentator. Mm. Like they, they were, they were the like indie, like wrestling, wrestling ass show. Uh, oh, Kevin Owens was a big part of it, and Sami Zayn. Oh man, yeah, because like WWE right now is basically just like Ring of Honor and like PWG from like a few years ago, especially like, NXT. Mm-hmm. It's it's not uh, there's especially in scene there's not as many homegrown guys as that people talk about that are big. Exactly. It's all people from like my time of watching indie wrestling. Right, and then so is so with AEW. Like I said, I I know like they've brought in people over like Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy, where he's you know doing his thing. Uh, I know they have. They're trying. They're they're like we have better commentary. We don't go on. We kind of do our own thing. We don't go by a script, a heavy script. Are they like uh, the independent version of mainstream wrestling? Is that what like is that the feel of it? Because I like I said, I haven't really watched it. I just kind of seen parts of it. I haven't like gone into the stories or what's happening there. Uh, it's basically like people from that group of like indies. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people that used to be in like New Japan pro wrestling uh, but it's the first kind of big competitor since because I don't even think TNA was funded by a billionaire but it's like the first other big wrestling company on mainstream TV that's funded by a billionaire mm-hmm. that's like trying to be a real competitor to me so it is just like mostly um Indie wrestlers that used to be a big part of like PWG Pro Wrestling Gorillas, which uh, have you heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of that before. Yeah, like it's a lot of people from that group, like especially like the Young Bucks, they were mainstays there. Um, mm. And then people from like New Japan, like Kenny Omega, um, mainly Kenny Omega, <laughs> but the <laughs> Young Bucks were a big part of it too. In New Japan, with like the whole Bullet Club and all that stuff. Yeah. See, I've I've, I've checked it out a little bit, like like I said. um, Like, I know there's a a dude on there named Orange Cassidy, I believe. 
I've seen some of his videos go like viral where he's kind of like has his hands in his pocket and then he does like a, a suicide dive out the ropes and I'm like that guy seems cool like, I don't know like I was like that oh, guy yeah, seems really really cool and that's what I'm saying like with AEW I was I was like man does this feel like an independent scene but it again like I like I said I watched it a little bit they have some characters I believe or like some over the top things, and I'm like, huh? Is it, is it kind of like TNA in a way? What, what's the vibe of it? But I haven't really given it a fair chance yet. Uh, I think uh, the main thing that they're pushing with AEW is that it's more wrestler run, uh-huh. and like there, there aren't really like writers to, for promos and stuff, so wrestlers can be like more off the cuff, right? And and because they're a brand new company, they don't have, like, a set style yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's why I can watch AEW uh, during the pandemic a lot easier than WWE. Because WWE feels still, like, I don't know, really, like, sanitized and, like, clean Yeah. to me. Which kind of takes away, like, some of the fun. And AEW, you can still see, like, where they're making, like, mistakes. Or where they're hiring people that, like, may not be ready to be on TV. Mm-hmm. But it, it gives more, like, to me, what I enjoy about it is it gives more chance for, like, unpredictability. Right. Yeah, I feel you on that. Where you can just be, like, that. impressed by something, if something goes well. Yeah, I feel you on that. Like, that's what I was saying, like, like just from uh, looking at that, I'm like, man, this is, like they said, it was just, like, off the cuff. We're doing our own, like, we talk for ourselves. There's not a script that we're having to learn and... Say like say so polished that you're like no one talks like that no one would say stuff like that. Yeah, because there isn't like a there isn't a seven year old man scripting like who's the final call on scripting everything. Yeah, or just doing some of the same old ideas. We're like, where it's like you can kind of guess what's gonna happen next, or just patterns. If you're like, all right, we've seen this. So like I said, I'm a big reality TV fan. I know some things are scripted, but like. WWE is, like, the longest-running, like, reality TV setting where it's, like, we have something that we have a plan. We may change this. We don't know. Just keep up with us. You're going to like some things. You're going to hate some things. So I'm like, oh, I can be a fan of that. But there are some things that I see with WWE that I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, you are definitely not thinking the best of your, like, wrestlers or just people in general where I'm like, that's enough. Don't need to do that. For example, yeah, for oh go ahead. Oh, oh no, you go ahead. I want to hear the example. Yeah, yeah, for example, just like I was, I was watching. I was on the WWE Network, which um, it's kind of kind of hard to go through. It's it's hard to find you know stuff in order or what's going on. I was watching the Undertaker's Last Ride finally with all the episodes out, and uh, you know, the first thing that. Uh, I know. I remember one of the episodes, I think like episode three, where he discussed his match with Brock Lesnar, um, which as a kid, even with Brock Lesnar, I was like, eh, he's all right, I guess. And even as an adult, where I'm like, yeah, I'm not really that big of a fan. He's more of just like a hitman. We need to change things. But I'm I'm watching this match and hearing Mark talk about this, The Undertaker, and he's like, I cannot remember this match. I don't know what's going on. And 
just the fact that a referee cannot recognize this man is not does not know where he's at, and then we give him three F fives just to smash him down more. Just and then one of the workers in the back came up to him and said he looked at him, he knew he was dazed and out, and the Undertaker was telling him, Hey, how's it going, buddy? What is today? What is my name? And just seeing that, um, even as an adult, I'm just like freaking out because I'm like, holy shit. Like the guy that is the Undertaker does not know his own name or where he's at right now. And Brock Lesnar is just smashing his shit in and no one is putting a stop to this. Uh, I mean, have you heard like the other big, uh, the big Randy Orton Orton story with uh, Brock Lesnar? Is it the is it the one where he was smashing him down like he was doing that MMA stuff and he was just kind of like smashing his elbow in to Randy? Yeah, like uh, that that story always makes me laugh because it was I forget it was, the idea was that Brock told Randy that he had like he, he knew how to bust Randy open with his elbow in a safe way, uh-huh. which I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure there is no actually safe way to do that to somebody. But as much as I love wrestlers, they're not all the smartest people. Yeah. Like, they'll do some shit that's just... So I think what happened was Brock caught him a little too hard. Because, uh-huh. I mean, he's, Brock is just basically, like, a, just a human, like, a velocity machine. Like, he's just muscle and that can't stop moving, pretty much. Exactly. Uh, so I think he caught him hard, or or it might, they might even been all right. It was just a lot more blood than they expected. Uh, I think Randy did get concussed because yeah. there's no way really to get elbowed in the forehead and not expect something to happen. And it was actually Chris Jericho mm-hmm. confronted Brock in the back and wanted to fight him over that to, I guess, defend Randy's honor. Yeah, I remember hearing about that, and I I saw a YouTube video where he was just, like, smashing him in, and I was like, um, this is Brock when he was in the UFC. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've never seen a wrestling match where we're just like, hey, I'm putting elbows to your temple now. I'm like, mmm, this is rough to watch all around. No, I think what makes the story funnier is that, like, Jericho tried to fight Brock, and Brock, like, Either they were being separated, or Brock basically just, like, pushed Jericho against the wall. And the whole time, Brock kept telling Jericho, like, like, I think they're being separated, yeah. But that's how scary the human being Brock Lesnar is, that, like, Jericho's not a small man by any means. I'm pretty sure this was, like, at his best shape, too. Mm -hmm. But Brock is just such a big human being, and such a scary human being. That he wasn't even like intimidated by it at all. He took it like a joke. <sighs> Just I, I was scared of Brock Lesnar as a child, and I'm still like equally as scared of him as an adult. <laughs> it's just like he, like for me, I'm just like, back as a kid, up like just from SmackDown, I'm like, you are a very big man. And years and years later, this man has fought in the UFC and came back to WAB, and I'm like, I feel like you haven't lost any muscle in the years I've known about you. And I'm just like, God, dude, that is just crazy to me. But I remember uh, seeing uh, seeing uh, the also another episode of Undertaker where he was going against Goldberg, and Goldberg just speared the shit out of the the pole, out of the corner, 
and the man is just busted open, concussed, and tries to do a suplex on Taker, and Taker almost smashes his head straight down. And I remember I just, I was like, God, man, like, you want to be a fan, but you're also like, I want to see you walk out. I want to see you get out of this ring on your own. Because I'm like, just hearing some of the stories, I'm like, how do you even walk anymore at this time? And then you hear him talking, he's just basically saying, I'm barely walking at this time. <laughs> like, his hip is, I don't think he has a real hip. Like, neither, both of his hips are fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about that. He was like, "Yeah, he's he, like when he was telling his schedule over. He was like, I make my appearance at WrestleMania, and I go in for surgery.' And I was like, "Wow, I did not realize you were going through this much." And they were like, "Yeah, his hips aren't his hips. He cannot walk." Um, the doctor already. He's like, "They're like the funniest thing to us is when the doctor asks, have you had surgeries before?'" And it's just like. It's just our inside joke, and I'm like, holy shit, Mark. Holy shit. I think that's why I was so happy when they had that, like, what was it, the last, not the last, the, the graveyard match with AJ yeah, Styles? Yeah, the boneyard match with him. Oh, yeah, the boneyard match, where it was basically just, okay, we can't have an audience, and we know that this man probably can't. Like as much as as much as people want to give AJ Styles that he can have a match with anybody, I think there's a certain point where it's like I don't know how what you can do with a man that's getting more broken each match. Mm-hmm. So when they announce that match, I'm like, oh, okay. Hopefully this isn't like one of those things where they start the match in the ring and lead it somewhere else because those end up being boring, just like a bunch of punching. But when I saw what they did with that match, the whole like cinematic thing. I, I don't think wrestling, like, has topped that match for me yet, which is how much fun it is. Yeah, when I, when I saw it for the, f- like, when they said, like, AJ back in TNA was doing, like, backflips, doing all this crazy stuff, and, like, in, like when I heard he got to WWE, I was like, he's not really taking those mm-hmm. risks, which I don't blame him, like, he's got kids I'm and a family, like, yeah, <laughs> like, he's not doing no, like, moonsaults off the second rope like i'm like all right that's fine like i had those memories of tna cool when they said mark uh undertaker was like yeah i can't wait to have this match with aj and it was like two years ago he was like that's one guy that i would want to wrestle and i'm like whoa this is crazy well he's like yeah this isn't really the match we had in mind and i'm just like what did you have in mind at this point like i think this was the best way to go out like if not, hopefully the safest way to go out. There were some things where I'm like, all right, cool. I hope you're safe with this, like the cinematic match. But I was like, I don't know what you thought you were going to get out of a match with AJ at your stage. And then, yeah, I think that was like this weird point, too, where AJ wasn't having, like, I think he was just hurt, like broken hurt still, kind of. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is this? What's, what's this match of two over 40-year-olds, even if one is one of the greatest like greatest wrestlers of all time? Well, they both were. Yeah. But I'm like, eh, I, I know what that match is going to be, like the normal match. It's not going to be the Shawn Michaels Taker match, which is going to be fun, I, hopefully. But the Boneyard is way better than whatever the hell I think they could have done. Yeah, exactly. And like, just, just hearing like, like, they were like, this is the first time we've had cameras on him, and he's let us come in, where I'm like, 
Okay, one, uh, your wife, Michelle McCool, still is looking amazing. And then she just jumps in the Royal Rumble like it's just another day at the office. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, and like during the whole time, I'm like, why are you still doing this? Like that much. That's like that's how much you love this shit. Cause I was like, you have an amazing wife. You have a family. You own a home. Like, what more yeah, like, can you really do? You have a collection of Blue Lives Matter shirts. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you live in the MAGA dad life, dude. Like, what are you doing? Why are you still hurting yourself? Yeah, I'm just like, you have everything. And he like he, every match, he was like, if he does well, he's like, I might come back for one more. I might come back for two more. And I'm just like, enough is enough. You're good, my guy. Like, you've done enough. But, yeah, seeing the Boneyard match, I was like, I was like, that was, I was like, that's like the perfect way just to like go out and be done. And I was like, all right. Like, he'd, like, and I was like, for me, I was like, damn, like the last guy really from that era is like officially gone for sure. I hope he's gone for sure. I don't want him coming back doing more shit for them. Like, I think that's enough. Oh, yeah. And, uh, that documentary is basically Undertaker trying to be like the gunslinger. Like, I'll have one last duel. Yeah. But he keeps getting shot by different people, like each duel, and he's like, all right, let me do this one more time. Like, <laughs> a, like it's a man with one working, one working hip, not even a working hip, like one working arm, just like swinging at people. Like, I, I think I still got this. Yeah, man, and even like just seeing him walk, like when he's not in the arena, just seeing him walk, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, you don't have to tell me you've had surgeries. I can see it at this time. Like, you were struggling all around, like, like just, just like, just the thought of like, okay, you're gonna come in for one match, and he even says it like, we have no timing. I haven't worked with anybody all year. I'm just coming out of rehab from another surgery. Let me go try to put on the best match I can at WrestleMania. I'm like, shit, man. There are just some things that I'm like, you're taking a big risk for like a legacy you've got covered. Yeah, man. I. I feel, and I feel like he has, like, the kind of money where, like, he can say, eh, what's another million? Yeah. You know? Like, if, if me at my shape, if somebody offered me, like, even, like, a thousand dollars, like, you want to step in the ring? I don't, I don't think I would have a choice. I think, <laughs> like, my body would just fail me as I enter the ring because I'm a very out of shape man. Uh, but, like... Even 500, I think, I was like, yeah, of course I'm taking that deal because everyone in my life would, would disown me if I didn't take that deal. But that man has had, like, a lifetime's worth of wrestling money. Oh, yeah, and then, like, just, like, I thought for a while, I like he said, I was like, oh, he's just doing WrestleMania. He's just doing the pay-per-views. And it was like, no, <clears throat> they were like, no, Undertaker was still doing house shows or he was doing international shows just so he could be there for the fans. And I'm just like whoa, dude, like, this man is so dedicated to this craft and loves this so much that he's still doing house shows? House shows when you're going through all these surgeries? I'm like, jeez. Like, I can't imagine being in that shape doing an international flight. Like, I, I'm in bad shape, but all of my bones are still the original. Like... <laughs> And I still get out of, like, an hour flight feeling like somebody, like, punched me in the back. <laughs> Man, I know, um, with it, though, um, in wrestling, though, it, uh, 
what's something that, uh, like, you feel like, uh, yeah, like, uh, what is something you wish you could, like, see or experience in wrestling again? Like, past or future, like. Um, you mean, like, uh, just, like, a feeling? Just, just, like, seeing it, like, experience that moment when you saw it, or, like, something you would want to see happen. Oh, like a moment in wrestling I wish I was, like, there for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have... There's, like, two from the past that I would, like, kill to... If I had a time machine, I would... One would be, like, when Eddie Guerrero actually won the championship in uh, at No Way Out. Mm. Uh, just to experience how it felt to be in that room. <clears throat> right. I, they're both like how did it feel to be in the room that and like the CM Punk money in the bank match in Chicago oh right right like as John Cena like that uh, that thing just to see how that like just to cause I watched that match with one of my friends at a bar <laughs> uh yeah we were starting to really 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 get back into things uh cause of CM Punk mm. and even the feeling in that bar when he like when he won the match, there were people, like, jumping in the bar. I can only imagine, like, you could hear it from the screen, just how crazy that audience was. Uh, and just to be in that room, where, like, when in that building, when it happened, I can't even... I feel like that's something that I would tell, like, my grandkids about, and then they would be like, oh, no, Grandpa's going crazy again. Uh... <laughs> And then, like, mo- more modern, one thing that I want to experience that's, like, on my wrestling, like, bucket list is to go to, like, the Tokyo Dome and see a show, that, like, a New Japan show there. Mm. Man, I... Like, that's, that's, a, that's a future, like, just a bucket list thing for me. I think uh, it's crazy that with the CM Punk thing because when he did the pipe bomb thing where, uh, you know, they told him... Because I know I was, like looking it up and researching because I was like, man, is this like... I was like, I knew he couldn't have just walked out with a mic. They would have cut that shit off immediately. So I knew they had something kind of planned for him to do that. Um, but from what I heard on, like, you, you know, reviews and, like, YouTube and such, they looked into it. They were basically just telling him, hey, go st- stir up the crowd, essentially. Go do what you do on the mic. And he did that. Um, I wasn't really even watching wrestling at the time. Like, I was still, like, the YouTube review guy, what culture, WWE... And when that happened, like, it just broke everything. Like, it totally changed everything in wrestling. Even to the point where I got wind of it, where I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, he really went and did all that. He said this on national TV, on Raw. Like, the the A show that no one wants to say. It's the A show. And I'm just like, oh, shit. This is real. This is really happening. What I, what I remember being cool about that is like there was this attitude of it of like oh yeah wrestling like wrestling's fake the whole show's fake but that was real yeah like that's what that's what I remember from like people that like kind of had a finger into wrestling that weren't really like they didn't follow it but they were like I watched it as a kid which is CM Punk thing like they, he really just said all this stuff on there like I like I remember that was the general like mood of it mm. and I just that was insane, like, lightning in a bottle that, of course, then being there to be kind of fell apart not too long after that. 
Uh-huh. But I remember there was like a moment where it kind of felt like it's like, Oh, shit, there might be actually some people that are into wrestling might get into this. Because um, I'm actually, as like the resident wrestling nerd, mm. I'm getting questions about it. <laughs> like, that's, like, I, I don't know, like, even, you know, like, you're, uh, did you have, like, the people that know of your wrestling? Like, oh, dude, no one knows. That? No one. Like, I'll text my, no. I'll text my brother some stuff, and I'm just like, yo! Edge is back. And he's just like, I don't care. And I'm just like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm like, Edge is back, dude. Like, he came back to the Royal Rumble. He did really well. Um, they had a horrible camera cut where he missed his first spear, like some bullshit. And I'm just like, you don't understand. And then, like, the recent thing, I'm like, dude, Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins are fighting in a I'm going to take your eye out match or some shit at Extreme Rules. You've never seen this before, and I'm I'm like telling him this stuff, and he sometimes doesn't even text back, and I'm just like, yeah, it is kind of crazy to get a text that like just out of nowhere, dude, they're fighting for each other's eyeball. What's going on, dude? And he's just like, why, why? And I like I try to tell him like, dude, like I I'm like here's the WWE Network password and all that. Just just watch this stuff, look at it, and he's just like. Uh, you can you can kind of tell me about it. He's like you've you've definitely are more animated than this than I am. So I'm just like, yeah, man. Edge is back. They're fighting over eyeballs now. WWE is just like on another level. I don't know where it's going, but it's going somewhere. I I understand that feeling because I wrestling was the one thing that like got me out of a like one of the worst hangovers of my life. <laughs> uh, it was the Royal Rumble where AJ Styles debuted. Oh. And I was nursing, I'm pretty sure, top five hangover. And his music hit. And you, you know what that is, but when the camera comes back to him, uh, I just remember, like, I like actually hopped up from bed, basically. <laughs> like, if I had, like, one of those, if it was a, if it was a movie and I was in a hospital, it would have been, like, the flat line and then the beep, beep. <laughs> like, look. Like, now that I say it now, as someone who's older... Uh, it's kind of embarrassing that that's what it took to get me like oh shit like I literally hopped up straight from like under a blanket or a hoodie that was a blanket like I was I was if you imagine like a wrestling nerd I was that image at that moment <laughs> because my hangover I just do I think I was surrounded by two Gatorades and I had a bag of Cheetos in my lap so basically what you imagine whenever you think of somebody watching wrestling uh, <laughs> but no, I was hungover, <laughs> and just like as soon as as soon as that moment happened, I just like actually hopped up and was like, "This is the greatest day of my life," which now looking back is a much sadder thing to say. <laughs> uh, but no, like that's how much when wrestling is like working. That's how much I enjoy it. Yeah, man, it's it's like, weird because, like I said, I I brought up with you where I'm like. Like, I remember I, I sent you <clears throat> a back, all back where I sent you, like, the video of, like, Iro Shirai doing the moonsault and, like, just smashing her knee into Rhea Ripley's, like, head. And, like, just seeing stuff like that, like, kind of, like, as you're older, you're like, holy shit, like, these are adults, like, hopefully landing this move without hurting someone else too bad. Like, and just, like, you're saying that, but, like, as you see it, like, when it goes wrong, you're just like, this could happen any night, at any time. 
that you may not even be watching. So you're just like, I appreciate the good moments. Like I said, when Edge came back, like just like seeing his face, I was like, uh, the man is having the, one of the most emotional moments right now. And he's about to go back into wrestling after eight or nine years. Because I, I was a huge Edge fan, like the rated R superstar. Even when he, him and Randy were teamed up, I was like, God, dude. I was like, this is one of the most dope people in the industry overall. Like, even when uh, when the whole him and, like, Matt and Lita thing happened. I, and, like, he even had, like, he, I remember as a kid, he was like, we're going to have the first time ever on Monday Night Raw live sex with me and Lita. And I was like, as a kid, I was like, is this going to happen? Is this real? Is this really going down today? I was like, I'm definitely staying up to watch this episode. Edge, Edge oh, is just yeah. one of those guys where I'm like, that man's a legend. Oh, yeah. For me, Edge uh, was probably the last, like, bad guy in wrestling that would actually still make me mad. You know, like, when I'm watching the show. And I'm not talking about, like, where you're, like, playing along. Like, yeah, okay. But, yeah. like, I... I still semi, not not semi-believe, but I still let myself get more into the story back then. Because mm. I didn't get, I wasn't a jaded adult, I was a teenager. I was a jaded teenager, that's very different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I would just like, when he would like sneak out a win, I would just be sitting there like, oh, he did it again. Like, I, I didn't date a lot as a teenager, um, <laughs> but I got mad at Edge, that's what I did. Oh man, that's why like um when people are like when I remember like like I you know I get John Cena is like the guy for the longest time, but I remember just being like like you said just I was just like annoyed or just like God damn this dude just wins all the time like you know who's gonna win you know how it's gonna essentially happen where I was like I think that's where like CM Punk like took off for me too when he had like that second like for me I was like oh I'm checking back on him like seeing what he's done, and I'm like, yeah, because CM Punk has just, I was like, John Cena has just been, like, the golden egg that has always been there. Like, if we need to make a title change or we need someone in a main event for a pay-per-view, let's get John. And I'm just like, he does good work, but I've seen him in a lot of stuff, and he makes really bad movies, and they keep trying to say they're good. And I'm just like, I'm not, I don't want to keep buying into this. So, like, Edge was like, Edge and like Randy were the guys for me that were like, yeah, we're just, you know, here to get our wins and do whatever it takes. Where I'm like, oh yeah, these guys, you know, you don't want to like them, but you kind of do. So they're just like some of the best wrestlers in that, in that, uh, company. I was, I was the same with John Cena actually, where I would start to get like, especially if like as you get older and like become a more jaded, like, get into more of, like, the whole Jaded Wrestling fan thing, or the whole, like, because I, I, I wasn't full-on internet nerd where I would, like, have temper tantrums over Cena winning, mm-hmm. but I was enough of one where I was getting, like, annoyed by it, like, frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but he was a case where, it's, like, by the end of his career, because I feel like he's basically, like, at the retirement point now, is when you start to realize, like, Oh no! It wasn't John Cena that sucked. There was a story, like a lot of the stories. It's that John Cena was awesome. Like, yeah. Especially, especially near the end, he was having like just like mad, like great match after great match. And it seemed like he was actually like allowed to have more fun with what he was doing. 
which is kind of what it feels like for me, what's like happening with Randy Orton right now, where he's like, doesn't, he either feels like he's not the main focus, so he can, he can act however he wants to act, basically, because he has like the pull to do it. Uh huh. So it's just way more fun to watch for me. Like, I really like what Randy Orton's been doing lately. Yeah, that, that's especially on Twitter. That's true. I've I've been following that as well. Um, I feel like with, with I think with wrestling now compared to back then when I was younger, it was like you really only knew them for the people that were on the screen. But like thanks to Twitter or like Instagram, you're just like, oh, these people have normal lives. They they're not, you know, on character twenty four seven. So you're kind of just like, oh, like I can appreciate that, or I can appreciate what they do. Um, I think for me, the, the one thing I, I missed out on, uh, on wrestling, um, was the women's evolution and seeing like Bailey and Sasha, Charlotte and who else? Uh, Becky come up and I, I miss, I, I, I have like 2K20, they do the road to their stories and they talk about it. And I was just like, whoa, dude, like I missed out on a lot. Cause when I was watching wrestling, I remember if you had any female wrestlers, hey, you're going to get a two minute, two minutes, maybe three, and wrap that shit up because we're going to bring out the guys again. And I remember, like, back then, like, we, they only had, like, Lita. Lita was my all-time favorite because she could do a moonsault and all that crazy shit. I was watching a match with her and Trish Jadis where she does a suicide dive and just pops up on her neck. And I jumped up out of my seat and, like, was ready to run because I was like, holy shit. I remember seeing her in neck braces all the time, and I was like, damn, like, she really goes for it. And I remember, I think that was why I became, like, a big TNA fan, too, where I was like, um, Gail Kim. Uh, I was like, all these wrestlers <clears throat> can just kind of be themselves, and they're not stuck to a three-minute match. They have a story. This is why they're doing this. This is why that happened. Like, there's a story behind it. And WWE, for the longest time, it was just like, hey, we need a break. We need to get to the next match, but we have to have you go in there just so that we have a women's division. And I was like, oh, that that's it? That, that's all we're doing for them? Okay. Oh, man. I, I That is by far, like, of, like, how wrestling has been going is my favorite part. It's just, like, the people allow, like, how, cause of how hard the women used to have to fight to get a spot. To mm-hmm. now, where it's like you said, yeah, like the, the only the main company like was mainstream that was doing cool women stuff was TNA because that that whole like Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, was like the highlight of the show like each time, and then you had just like uh, like was it Tyler Wild and like a bunch of like other women or it's like. The T like the, the knockouts division actually yeah. like a division of like women that exactly. were like were badasses and ready to fight each other like ready to fight each other for the championship like they wanted to be the best and that's how they were presented they weren't presented as like the sideshow mm-hmm. like they was with them to be like uh, and that's been like, I I think right now especially with like WWE the women are like the most interesting part of the show are basically the only interesting part of the show lately. <laughs> yeah, some of the stories are definitely outweighing a lot from what I've been watching. 
Um, but like I like I said, like um, on the game, they talk about their come up from NXT to now. Like right now, I'm telling you right now, like my favorite two people to see on any show, and I'm so glad they're going to like all they're doing all the shows now is like is Bailey and Sasha Banks. Like I like <clears throat> not only that, like you said, like being more like active or like being more open online, but just seeing like. Like I, I I bought merch from WWE from for Sasha and Bailey, uh, I'm I'm that much of a fan, but I was just like with them I'm like damn like, they're at the, I think they're almost at the, they're at their peak or doing like they're one of the top people now I was like I wish I got to see the come up, um, but just seeing like, just I would rather like they're doing main events and pay per views, which is just like a normal thing now or they're having big matches. Before it would be like you never see this. You'll never see this happen ever. Other than TNA, you'll never see this happen anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I actually TNA. What I like is even though they're not anywhere as big as they used to be, uh, from what I've gathered, their women's division is still really good. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I've just been having the women have just been allowed to continue having really kick-ass matches. That's maybe the one downside of AEW is right now they're like half of their women are injured or aren't allowed in the country. Oh, right, right. Because uh, they really banked on the whole like uh, Japan Joshi like wrestlers, uh-huh. which I think Joshi wrestling, like, for like those that are listening that don't know, it's like that's what they call like Japanese women's wrestling. Mm, okay. It's like. The, some of the most fun wrestling you can watch and it's also like still the only wrestling that makes me cringe for a good reason because some of the shit they do to each other just makes you go like Jesus like yeah <laughs> like it's like they'll just actually like hit sometimes they'll just like actually hit each other and I'm like y- y'all, y'all know like it's fake right like <laughs> but but they're just such pros that they're not really always hurting each other. Mm. And I think that's some, of, that's some of the most fun, like, wrestling to watch right now. Uh, that, that's the one downside of AEW is that they're really, like, the women have, there's, like, one alright story going on with the women, but they're not giving them a lot of time because I guess since they're in that, they have that issue right now where a lot of the women are gone. Mm. Like, they have their tournament that's on YouTube. Which is fine. It, it's been it's been pretty cool. Yeah. But like on the main show, they don't give them a bunch of time because I guess in their head it's like, well, we don't have there's only one, so uh, what are you gonna do? Which is kind of like ass backwards to me. Uh, especially when right now, like women's wrestling is so important and it's so interesting. Like that's at least the nice thing about NXT. I, I I'm kind of got bored by NXT a little bit, but the women's wrestling is still like really good there. Yeah. And you have like Mercedes Martinez and Io Shirai who's like probably one of the best wrestlers like not the best women's wrestler out there, like one of the best wrestlers out there right now. Mm-hmm. And see I was I was so, I was watching NXT a little bit and I was like like I feel like you said like yeah some of their shows I'm like Eh, I don't really know who this guy is or the stories. I I don't I can't really focus on because I'm not that I'm not that invested in it. But like you said with the women's matches, like um, seeing Iro Shirai versus Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, that match was crazy. 
Um, I've seen where they, uh, some of their pay-per-views are just, are really, really done well, in my opinion, with the women's matches. And I think what I also, like, really like about, like, the rise of women's wrestling is I would never try to force my girlfriend to watch wrestling because mm. I'm a good person. <laughs> uh, no, but if I did, if she ever did want to, like, check out a match, I'd have, like, hey, here's this Sasha Bailey match from a few years back with, like, a really great story, and it's just a really fun match to watch. Or, hey, here's, like, the Becky Lynch-Charlotte ladder match. You know, like, I can show her women's wrestling that... Because even she told me when I've told her about wrestling, it's like, because, you know, she's stuck, she's stuck with me now. <laughs> uh, so I tell her about wrestling once in a while. Is, like, she's like, you know what, I could probably watch, like, women's wrestling. Like, that seems way more interesting to me. Is like, at least in my head, I can, like, oh, hey, these are really good, like, entry points. Um... Because also, I feel like with the bullshit that like women had to deal with for so long in wrestling, there's always like that kind of story going on in the background, even if it's not the main story. Mm-hmm. Because you know how much, like even the women that are wrestling now, you know they probably had to deal with a lot of bullshit in the indies or when they were training. Right. From like shitty promoters or like scummy people. So you, you kind of, you're rooting for them more. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it's just like, like you said, some of the stories are just a lot better, but it's just like, part of me is also where I look at, like, if you watch SmackDown, which, you know, I do watch it, um, it's just some things around, like, if you, like, for, look, really look at it, you're like, why don't I really believe in this character, and you're just like, oh, because they have, like, Chad Gables, your name now is Shorty G, and your whole shtick is that you're short, and that people make short jokes, and I'm just like, that is some of the laziest writing I've ever dealt with in any type of show, uh, even wrestling, where I'm like, that's so boring, and then, like, uh, you have Tazawa, uh, you know, he was a really good worker, he has good matches, what's your new gimmick? You're a, you're a leader of ninjas, and I'm just like, we couldn't think of anything else to give these guys a chance or push them in any other way. You're, like, using some of the most recycled story types, and I'm just like, it's just, something I'm just like, that's just so lazy, man. Like, why would I get behind Which, someone like this? And what makes the whole Shorty G thing so funny to me is that, like, they have that group right now, like, uh, Retribution or whatever, mm-hmm. the whole rioter thing. I'm pretty sure all the people in that group are, like, Gable's height or shorter. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Chad, like, I've seen, Chad Gable is one of the most, like, that dude's, like, a legitimate, like, Olympian, like, mm-hmm. amateur wrestler who's in better shape than a shit ton of people on the roster. Mm. I could probably, like, legitimately out-wrestle a shit ton of people, but because he's the height, like, I'm pretty sure, like, the average height of a lot of the NXT people now is considered short. Right. Like, Adam Cole is, like, a really good wrestler, but I don't, I think, like, you put him next to Chad Gable, Chad Gable's going to look a lot bigger than him. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, for that, too, where, like, just seeing, like, some of the things they come up with, where I'm just like, 
why are we doing this again? Like, what it like? Something you're just like, you're looking at a story and you're like, man, where's this gonna lead to? And like nowadays, like, you know, especially with the pandemic and stuff, what they're doing, it's kind of like, well, that didn't lead to anything, did it? Or that didn't go anywhere like I thought it would. Or we're like, we just we're just gonna pretend that didn't happen in this story. Forget it, forget it. And I'm just like, all right. I guess I how how does that make me want to invest in another story and like with with um, Chad Gables you're just like your your stick is you're a, a short guy and when I watch him now like I'm just kind of like just like annoyed or criticizing the whole story but do you remember like as a kid or even like in the early days of being a fan like your finishing move had to be unique and it had to be yours right like no one else can do it no one else can name it it's all yours and like now that i watch wrestling i'm just like oh what i guess shorty g is kind of the mini version of kurt angle because he's doing the ankle lock he does a lot of suplexes i'm just like nowadays i'm like are we just kind of like borrowing finishers or just kind of using stuff from the past have you noticed that at all well i'll put it what's really funny is there's like the whole uh, critique of like everyone doing like the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. The whole like the whole flipping pile driver thing. Mm-hmm. I actually was watching wrestling when like T.D. Williams first showed mm. up like doing the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. And I was like, and it felt like such a like it's to me. I, I guess I'm. I feel the way about that move. The way probably like older wrestling fans feel when they see like everyone do like a super kick. Yeah. Where I'm just like, ah, I, I feel weird because I remember seeing that move be like, because the first time I saw I remember it, you two that like, move. Yeah, like the first time you <laughs> saw it, we were like, how the hell did he do that? How the hell did they do that? How is, that's the finish, right? Like, that's the end of the match, right? Like, that man's dead, right? God, man. man. Basically, it all comes down to we're just getting old. <laughs> I think so, because when I see stuff, I'm just like, like, I can imagine some kid being like, whoa, that's the most original thing ever, and I'm just like, huh, huh, nah, I've seen this so many times, I don't even react anymore, like you said, the super kick, everybody has a super kick now, where I'm just like, everyone's like, jaws are just getting popped, and I'm like, you're selling it really well, I appreciate it, but I'm also like, I've seen this three matches in a row by now, like, Throw a punch. Throw something else. The shit's getting... I've, I've, I've seen it. I've heard it. I appreciate it. We're good. Yeah, like... Like, my favorite... So far, my favorite match that I've seen this year... It wasn't a super kick match. It was in Japan. Uh, it was... Professor Minoru Suzuki versus... Yuji Nagata. It was just two old men beating the shit out of each other. Like, that's basically... <laughs> Like, two guys that have been wrestling in Japan for so long, they know how to make shit look like it's, like, real, like a real fight, and like they're hitting the shit out of each other, but they're still, like, pros, so they, it doesn't turn into, like, those, let's just grapple on the floor the whole time. Mm. Like, it, it, it wasn't two wrestlers trying to, like, do, like, a too realistic, like, oh, we're trying to be MMA. No, it was just two old wrestlers beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my favorite match of the year and there was like no crowd for it because I can't remember life before there being no crowds yeah I 
it's it's weird because I'm you know I've been watching wrestling since the the pandemic of course and part of you is just like I'm watching this but I'm also like I'm just like I'm worried because remember when the the when they brought you know the NXT to be fans they weren't wearing masks and I'm just like really like they can't wear a mask they just have to like stand in this little zone here and hope they don't breathe on each other when I first saw that I was like wow that's that's what we're doing okay a couple weeks later then we get the mask I'm just like I was like, I feel, I was like, do I, should I feel guilty watching this? I'm like, they're putting themselves at risk every time. Like, just like in the NBA, after a game, all the players are still hugging or dapping each other up. And I'm like, cut that shit out. Stop it. Like, you've already risked your life enough out here. That's what makes me laugh about the whole NBA thing is, like, I was saying, like, the moment you're eliminated, like, your whole team has to leave the bubble. So now, like, the world really is, like, it feels like in those movies where it's post-apocalyptic, where it's, like, losing team dies. Losing <laughs> team, we send out to the apocalypse. <laughs> Man, it, it's it's such a weird time. Like, even like when, even when they're like, yeah, they had it. Apollo Crews had an injury for a month. And it's kind of like, uh, Apollo might have caught that corona for a little bit. And we quarantined his ass for some time. Because I was like... Uh, we didn't even sell that well, but I'm like, okay, all right, we'll just pretend, we'll play with that. Um, but I'm just like, man, sometimes I see it and I'm like, I feel guilty, but then sometimes I'm like, just stop, like, this shit, this, this match ain't worth catching this, like, just some risky stuff going on. But I'm like, I still watch it, I still watch the pay-per-views, so, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's why I respect Sami Zayn the most. He stayed till till WrestleMania to get his first title, his first Intercontinental title, and then as soon as like, okay, you're gonna come back to defend it? No, nope. nah, this shit's serious. <laughs> I'm gonna stay home for the rest of. This. Oh man, I I think that's the like you said with Randy Orton, he's doing really well. Just cause like, you don't you, for a while you didn't see really Randy talk about stuff. He's always like, I'm the loose cannon that'll come up with the RKO out of nowhere, anytime, anywhere. Okay, that's cool. But, like, Sammy Sammy had, like, the voice where, like, I'm going to say something that you're going to not like, but it's still going to be funny to everybody else. Like, he, he he's so well on the mic that I'm just like, oh, man, I miss hearing him on SmackDown so much. Yeah, and, I, and even with this pandemic, I understand that. Like, where you start really missing people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to lie, I'm... It's really smart that he's staying home, but I kind of miss Roman Reigns at this point. Yeah. Did you hear about that little, like, they had a little issue where he wasn't coming back to the show? That there was these internet rumors that WWE was having issues with Roman because he wouldn't come back. And he he, he wasn't going to go after the title. So they were just like, oh, hmm. And I'm like, "Uh, my man has been battling cancer. Um, WWE is still going to be here. Yeah, I'm just like. He's had cancer, leukemia. He's been through a lot, and you guys are, like, giving him a hard time because he doesn't want to go perform against, of all people, Goldberg, which I don't know why they still – I don't know why WWE brings back these guys where it's like Goldberg has been known not to ever work a match more than, you know, five minutes, but we want him to now go 20, where he's 20 years older than what he was before, and it'll work out, right? No. This man concusses himself before making his entrance because he has the ritual of hitting his head on the door. 
Oh man, dude. There's just like it's just so much that you're just like like I feel like when I'm like out at work or something like that, they're like, Oh, how did your weekend go? They're like, Oh, it went okay, went grocery shopping, da da da. What about you, Jordan? I watch Seth Rollins pocket poke out the eye of Rey Mysterio, but it wasn't even like that big of a deal, but the match was weird. How was your weekend? Mm, don't talk to Jordan anymore, because that shit was weird. <laughs> I've had like where where my girlfriend will ask me like, oh, or somebody will ask me like, oh, how's your day so far? And I'll just tell them like, eh, that's right, I didn't do much. When in reality, I'm like, oh yeah, there was this tournament last night, and uh, in Japan, <laughs> uh, I'm not a crazy person. I went to bed and then I woke up and watched it. Oh. So that's what I do. Like, I, I watched, or even like, yeah, I watched a random. Deathmatch show from 2004, and if I'll just tell people, I, uh, you know, I did some reading. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was yeah. just watching TV. I don't know. I, I see. Watched, I see on Reddit like all the internet rumors about eight them. Uh, them wanting to bring back AJ Styles to Impact, and I'm just like, excuse me, what's going on? Who said this? I see that in your story, and I'm like, do they have enough money to bring him to Impact? Because that man wants that WWE money. Exactly. Um, I also had, like, when I read that exact same story, and I'm just like, uh, I don't know if he, I don't know if I want him, because now, like, now that you're older, you have, like, the thing, you're like, eh, I don't think the wrestler should have to do that, you know? I think he should just write out his contract and then enjoy retirement or yeah, that's, like, that's why I was happy for Roman Reigns. He's like, ah, that man's just gonna worry about his health, go home, have another kid, and chill out. Like, I respect that a lot more. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so many, like, real-life storylines and what they give them to be. Like, it's, it's like a 24-7 thing. You're just like, why? Why, why did that happen? Like, what is the real-life answer, and what is the, the scripted answer that I'm looking for here? Yeah, if, if there was anything that I had, like, the wrestling wish, it would be to, like, fully cut out, what like, my need to see what's happening, like, to read stuff. Mm. But that's, like, my bad habit outside of wrestling, too. Where, yeah. like, uh, you know, I, why why contractually did they do that? <laughs> what, what was the logistical reason for them doing that? But that, <laughs> that's... That's not me as a wrestling fan. That's my broken brain where I'm like, I want to know why things are happening. Man, it's it's just crazy, man. I I do have to ask one more final question about it, though. Now that we've talked about this, and I'm, you know, we're fans, definitely. Uh, watching wrestling, do you ever think there will be a time... Cause I like I ha- like I like I've seen new pictures of like the Eddie Guerrero stuff I have and like some like I have some of the sh- like wrestling shirts, and I have the merch and I wear it you know like like you see you see like if like Travis Scott wears a Cactus Jack shirt which he tried to trademark and you know take from him and all that, it's like everyone's like Travis Scott is doing it dope Migo or uh, Offset from Migos has a a song called Ric Flair Drip, dope like that's the cool part but like when guys come up like us we're just like. No, I actually watch this stuff. I'm a fan of this stuff. 
Um, I look at internet rumors and I watch reviews of the show after I watch it the day before. Like, do you think that will ever be like accepted in the world? Or like, can you walk up to anybody like, "Hey, I watch wrestling." Mm, Want to say that again, buddy? Uh, I think there was a point right before the pandemic where we're starting to become more, you know, uh, just accepted as like that's. Uh, that's a nerd thing, you know? Like, uh-huh. Sure, it was the bottom of the list of the nerd thing. But I think just, like, as... I think it will become more accepted just as, like... Because of stuff like the internet and everything becoming way more, like, niche. Um, I think it's just going to be, at some point, just accepted as, like, eh, it's just, like, a nerdy thing that people do. But as long as there's still, like... That immediate feeling that people get to do the whole like well you know it's fake right yeah i think that's going to be the one thing that's going to stop it from ever fully 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 just becoming like a accepted thing mm. is like that separation of it and which i really enjoy that i'm giving this explanation like after a while ago your intro saying that i was funny <laughs> when i said like let me go into the reason why this shit is happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like, for me, is like, when people like talk about politics or like stuff like that, like I have no idea. Like I, tr- I try to understand for a little bit, but if you were just like, hey, you want to talk about politics, Jordan? Um, I can't contribute. Hey, Jordan, did you catch Raw? Um, yes. Let's break that shit down and try to figure out what is going on. Like. And I'm just like, yeah, I could jump right into that more than anything. A lot of other stuff. Yeah, I think, I think what's more, yeah, like what's more important than the idea of like uh, it becoming more mainstream or like more acceptable again, like or yeah, mainstream to be a wrestling fan. Mm. I think the one nice thing is there is always going to be like that group of like hardcore fans or like people that like. Uh, love wrestling that I hope like as time goes on I, I think compared to now from like a few years back to become a wrestling fan is a bit more like welcoming than it used to be mm-hmm. uh, it's not so much like I think so it might not become more accepted like, like in a mainstream world but as far as like entering into the world of being a fan of wrestling I think slowly it's becoming a more welcoming environment. And I think that's what's more important, is that, like, while you may not be, like, while you may still have to keep it, like, uh, I'm not going to talk about wrestling to these people at work. Yeah. It'll become easier to find, like, a, your own little, like, friend group or world where you can feel, like, accepted to talk about it. Especially if you are someone who doesn't fit the typical mold of a wrestling fan. I think that's more important. Yeah. Is that it, it just becomes a more welcoming world. So, wrestling might not become more popular, but I think it'll become more welcoming, and I think that's way more important. Yeah, man, I, I feel you on that. So I, that's what I always thought about, like, before you, I was like, man, there's really no one I can really talk to unless it's, like, a Reddit group chat or, like, a... A form, like just a group on there discussing things 
Frazier can't really just walk up to be like, "Hey, you catch a uh, SmackDown the other night." I think it. I think it helps more now that like there's not really any sports going on. Like, as far as right now, that this is like the main source of like, you know, sports entertainment. So it's kind of like, come on, everyone's looking for something to watch. I know you're watching this at some point. Are you at least caught WrestleMania? And plus, like, with the WWE Network, this isn't sponsored. I wish it was. But it's, like, you have access to all the pay-per-views. Like, there's so much, like, of a catalog to go through. It's kind of like, it's $10. For $10, you're going to be able to go through all the pay-per-views you missed, all from your childhood. Like, how could you not be a fan? And, like, you can be open about it now. Yeah, like, you can name almost any wrestling company right now. And they probably have, like, a streaming service. Mm. Like it's like you have New Japan World, you have um, the WWE Network, like you said. Like I think Ring of Honor has a thing. Uh, there's IWTV for like independent wrestling. There's high spots for independent wrestling. Like there's like a, a ton of like other Japanese like networks. Like I think it's never been easier to be a wrestling fan. And keep up with the show. That's true. But yeah, man. I just want to, you know, thank you for your time and going to almost like a, a two-hour conversation about this with me. Uh, I was saying, like, this is why I started this little, uh, this secondary podcast for. Like, I want to go in depth about stuff and, you know, learn more. Like I said, I know you know more about the wrestling, what's going on now. Me, I'm just kind of like, like, I'm just testing the waters, essentially, like, Hey, I'm a like like I'm an AA. Hey, I'm a wrestling fan, and everybody kind of gives a little like couple claps, and I'm just like, but I also I'm I'm also a real wrestling fan. Or like I have shirts, I wear shirts out in public, and they're like, oh, so brave, so brave. <laughs> oh, I feel you. I I you know what? I I recently became someone that would wear my wrestling shirt out just in normal places, and I feel like I get. I'll get a reaction from somebody from from wearing a wrestling shirt more than like just wearing like a band shirt or you know because mm-hmm. it's it kind of like if someone else that knows wrestling keeps your shirt it often feels like you're in like a secret club where they're like hey yeah like you know about wrestling and sometimes it's a good thing where it's like it'll be a really like awesome conversation like that we have generally like from the wrestling fans in the comedy scene. Mm. Like sometimes it's not as fun. Uh, sometimes it is someone that's a little too intense. But either way, there's like that connection of like, oh crap! Like I found a wrestling fan out in the wild. I've I've uh, one of the bars next to Scenic. I'm uh, I'm not sure which one it is. The one right next to it. But I went in there one night just to see what it was like after a set, and I was wearing an Eddie Guerrero shirt. Just because I was wearing that shirt, I was offered free drinks and a table to sit at. Like. Just immediately, like, oh, that's a cool shirt. And I was told multiple times, they're like, you can come sit down over here. We'll get you a drink. And I'm just like, just off my shirt, you're going to get me a free drink? Like, that's the power that it has. And I'm just like, it, like you said, it does feel like a little secret society. You're like, all right, you cool. We cool. You're on the same page. Yeah, because I think that's the thing about it. Like, when it hooks you, it, it doesn't just hook you for, like, a little bit. Like, once you're really hooked, you're hooked for, like, years. Even if the show's not as good, there's a part of your brain that's like, but I still want to watch wrestling. Yeah. 
and that's just a connection I think that like wrestling fans have that I think is like really cool that you don't see with a lot of other like entertainment stuff. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, all around, um, did you want to plug any socials or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Um, my Instagram is uh, Mondo Ortiz uh, with the, the two uh, O and Mondo is M-A-N-D-0 0 R-T-I-Z and then my Twitter is Mondo Ortiz so this is Mondo or Tweets. And you'll probably have a list of on like your um, the post for this, but yeah, that's my socials. If you wanna see me talk about wrestling and actual life stuff and hopefully be funnier. Yeah, man, you guys gotta definitely uh I'll definitely uh add his socials in the link below. Yeah, check out his Twitter. Always tweeting some good stuff. Him and Dante. Um but yeah, man, just want to thank you for joining for episode one, having this conversation about good old wrestling with me. Uh, yeah, no, man, this was, this was a ton of fun. It was just nice to just talk to somebody about wrestling for just rant with somebody. So <laughs> thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, be safe out there. You have it going, okay? Have a good one too, man. Bye. Bye.